Well, hey, we're uh, excited to share this morning. Ordinarily, Amber and I don't uh, preach together, um, but this morning we, we're excited to be able to have a chance to share together. Before we get into the message, though, uh, I do want to just, I, I got to brag on you guys just for a second, okay? Uh, this past Sunday, we talked about generosity, right? And we talked about our generosity and having a heart and that says it's all about having open hearts and open hands, saying, God, what do you want to speak to me? And then, God, I'm willing to give whatever you speak to me. And that's what it means to be generous. And, uh, and last week, we, we had an opportunity to give toward our kingdom builders as we were kind of wrapping up our kingdom builders year. And I said there was one specific project that we needed to get all the way there. And our goal last Sunday was that we could raise uh, $10,000 last Sunday, $10,000 to be able to hit that goal. And by Tuesday, uh, we had surpassed the $10,000 mark because of your generosity and the way you guys gave faithfully. And so, so, so proud of your hearts of generosity. And so with that, uh, we've been, we're going to be able to reach our goal this year, I know, and all the projects. But I encourage you, some of you are already giving consistently. I'd encourage you to continue to give because it isn't like we just hoard money off to the side. Whatever you give, we're able to invest. We're preparing for 2021 right now. And uh, I've been reaching out to all of our missionaries who are serving all around the world and, and getting some projects that we can partner with them. And it's amazing. I can't wait to share some of the things that we're going to get to partner with them this year and ways that we're going to get to make a difference around the world. And your generosity is what leads to that. And so thanks so much for being being a part of things uh, this past week. Well, today we celebrate Thanksmas, right? Thanksmas Day, and some of you are like, what in the world? And, uh, you know, as, as your pastors, uh, obviously part of our role is we, we speak on a regular basis, we preach, but ultimately our role as pastors isn't just to try and preach good. Our goal is to shepherd this congregation. That's our job. Sometimes that means we got to lay our lives down and we have to care for you in, in self-sacrificing ways. And sometimes it's just simply helping guide us the right direction at the right time. We did this this past fall. I said, I didn't want to preach about politics. I just knew that this was a season that we needed to be shepherded the right way. And, and so this is in a, we're in a season of holiday season. We had Thanksgiving, you know, we got Christmas coming up, you know. And if, if things are different this year, like we get it, but... Nonetheless, these can be seasons that we usually blink and then suddenly it's January and you're like, what just happened to the last month of my life? You know, I just felt like I was go, go, go doing stuff and not really settling in at all. And so what we want to be able to do here today is just kind of hit pause for a moment. Say, okay, let's pause. Where, where are we pointed right now? Where's our heart right now? What's our attention got right now? And I, I know we're going we're gonna to celebrate some Thanksgiving stuff. We're going to talk about some of that, and we're going to reset our hearts heading into this Christmas season. I think it's going to be good for our soul today. It's going to be something that we need. And I know Amber's already shared some things with me, and, and uh, it's been encouraging and challenging even in fi- my own heart. And so, uh, so this has been a different Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, you know, Thanksgiving, obviously this isn't like this big news flash. It was a different year, right? Thanksgiving was different for a lot of us. I know we didn't get to travel um, like we had hoped because my parents were recovering from COVID. And it's just different. It just feels different. And I think that in a lot of ways, this year has just really stunk. Maybe <laughs> not for you, and that's great. But for me, in a lot of ways, it's just kind of stunk. It's been a weird year. Yeah, it's a different weird. This is one of those years, if we're all honest, this would be, maybe you've seen this meme before, if, if uh, 2020 was toilet paper. Have you seen this before? Okay. In some ways, this is how this year has been. Like, nothing has quite gone the way we wanted it to go, you know? Whether you like it or not, like, it's just been a challenge. Can we take this off? Because this is awkward now. Thank you. <laughs> when you start thinking about it more, it gets worse. So, 
but this is how the year's been for a lot of us, you know. It hasn't been the way that we've wanted it to be. It hasn't been as soft and as squishy as we'd like it to be, right? Right. And, you know, as I've thought back in this year, and I'm going to talk a little bit um, how God has really challenged me, but... In a lot of ways, so much of our world has changed. And it's so easy to get stuck on how many things have changed. Uh, I am homeschooling three kids, first, third, and fifth grade. I did not sign up for that. (laughs) I am not a homeschooler. Bless you who homeschool. That is not something I signed up for, and that makes me really crabby. (laughs) But... That is, it is what it is, right? We have to wear masks right now. Some of you are online because you don't want to wear a mask, whatever. Some of you are in here wearing a mask and you do it, you hate it, but you're wearing it. Like, it's not fun. We have to social distance. We have to uh, stay six feet apart from people. Like, we have all of these new rules or guidelines that have happened that just kind of make us cranky. Uh, One thing I've been really thinking about this week as I've been feeling bad for myself of I have to homeschool three kids. (laughs) I think about the single moms. I think about the parents who are both working from home. Like, I don't know how you are doing it because I am you know, trying to keep my head above water. And then I think about our students. Youth, I I was just thinking about you this morning. So much of your life has been put on pause. The things that you love, the sports that you love, the friends that you don't get to see. I was talking to Levi, my fifth grader, and he's only in fifth grade. And he was, we were talking about friends and he's like, well, mom, I only see like one of my friends at school anyways. Like how sad that has to be for them. And maybe as a student, you don't even really know how to cope with that or express how you feel, but you're kind of angry. You're kind of upset. This world has flipped upside down from what we thought it was. And I think I've been reading, you know, we all read the memes, right? But one of the things that I've seen a couple of times is like, we made these resolutions for 2021 and we're like, or 2020. We're still in 2020. Don't get ahead of yourself, Amber. And you're like, man, 2020 is going to be the best year yet. This is going to be the year. And then it didn't go as planned. And that's hard, right? It's hard. And I think that it's okay to say that it's hard. Greg and I are never going to get up here on a Sunday morning and pretend that we have it all together. (laughs) I'm just as much of a hot mess as you guys are. And I know you guys are because we work with people. And as we've been talking about this year, this has been the hardest year of ministry, hands down, ever. And we've been in ministry for 15 years. And Greg will probably share a little bit more about that. But as I was thinking about We've had some really hard moments this year. We've had people that have left our church. We have had people that are angry with us for what we do or don't do. We have people that don't like what we post on social media or do like what we post on social media. Don't like what we say from stage or do like what we say. Like, we're all humans, right? And so are Greg and I. And the thing that I've been reminded of these last couple months, and I am not a crier, so if I cry, you just bear with me. There have been so many wonderful gifts that I never could have dreamed of this year. There have been people that have walked in these doors that are friends of mine, that are like family, that are at this church, and they're why I do what I do. I don't do church for the person who's cranky about wearing a mask. I don't. I do it for those that don't have a place to call home that don't know Jesus, that are looking for something more than what this world is offering. That's why I do what I do. 
And man, when you are in the thick of it, it's hard to remember that sometimes. Yeah. It's hard to remember that. And it's easy. I was thinking like, oh man, last year was Greg and that was our honeymoon year here at Zoe Church. Everybody loved us because we were new. And we were coming in and we were going to run. And then a year and a half later, the honeymoon's kind of worn off. But that doesn't mean that I'm still not called here for such a time as this. That doesn't mean that we're not still supposed to run after what God has called us to do. So in the midst of all the junk, in the midst of all the heartache, of all the pain, the things I've mourned, the losses that have happened, I have to remember, like, all right, God, it's a bigger picture that maybe I just don't see right now. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, Amber just said a bunch of stuff I was going to say, so oh, that's fine. Sorry. No, no worries. This is what happens when we don't compare notes. No, uh, well, I just, well, we compared, but well, I, I'm in this, <laughs> I'm in this we place. We do not compare notes. I'm in this place where this past year, this past summer would probably be, it would be, a, I had about a six-week stint was probably the hardest six-week stint of ministry we've ever had. And I don't say that for like, oh, what was me in you any way. You should feel bad for us. Oh, That's so not whatever. why we say that. Here's why, here's why we say that is that, um, you know, we, we don't ever want to come up here and, and act like we got all of our stuff together as Amber shared. We want to be honest with yeah. you. We want to be raw. We want to be real with you. We want you to know us as real human beings, not as some polished plastic version of a pastor because that's not the goal. Because we're perfect, but we're not perfect. <laughs> so I'll tell you Greg's not perfect if you need to know there, that. There you go. Oh, she'll tell Greg's you. Greg's like, That's this great. is when you're supposed to shut her microphone yeah, off. Can Sorry. you just cut her off? No. But why, why do I share that? You know, I don't, I don't enjoy uh, and reveling in other people's difficulties or challenges in any way. But the only the saving grace for me as a pastor over this last uh, six months is talking to every other pastor on planet Earth who's all said the last six months have been the hardest that they've ever experienced in their life. So I'm like, okay, at least I'm not crazy. That's good. But and why if do they I... say if they say that this wasn't the hardest year, they're lying. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I share all that to say is it's so clear that despite the challenges of what, and, I, and again, we're just trying to be honest here. Despite all the challenges that we all have faced this last year, it's very easy to get sideways and to get off course, to get distracted, to get discouraged, and to have the wrong perspective. And so just what we'd like to do this morning is we, as we take a moment to pause around the Thanksgiving is to say, okay, God, can we go to your word? See, what would you say to us? Because these are just our bleh feelings. What would you say to us? And so I want you to turn, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Uh, you're turning there. Just a reminder, we're in our New Testament reading plan, so you can, uh, if you're not already following along, you can do that tomorrow. We'll post that on our social media. Would you stand with me across the room as we're just going to read just a few verses together? James chapter 1, verse number 2 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in a world that there's not a lot that's firm, Father, you and your word is. And so we choose to stand on what you say, God. We ask that you would reveal this to our hearts in your name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, uh, this passage, there's just a couple things I just want. I don't have enough time to break this whole passage down and look at everything. But I just want to share a few things with you. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. 
All right, a lot of times I'll say, well, the original Greek has this deep, specific thing, nuance that you don't know about. You know what the nuance of this one is? Trials of many kinds. Okay? There is nothing more specific in the nuance here. It's just all the stuff. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a little thing, a, trial, a little thing, like I stub my toe or something horrid is happening to me, whatever the trial is, whatever it is, whenever you face all that stuff, okay? It says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. A lot of times we think about, oh, I'm, I'm getting... Uh, my faith is being tested when I'm like specifically like I'm being attacked by sin and I got to stand against a sin issue. Like that's what it is. Or, or like I'm, I'm wrestling with some passage in scripture and that's where I persevere. No, like this perseverance thing can happen through many trials. Whatever it is, the little stuff, the hard stuff, the big stuff, the seemingly not so difficult moments, there's, there's something that can happen. Because you know that the testing of your faith, it produces perseverance. Not just the spiritual things, all the things. Whatever the things are you're going through, it, it might seem like it's a great spiritual thing. It might seem ordinary and mundane, but God has the ability to work through those. And as we, as we work through that, as we continue to be faithful through that, God produces something in us. And this is what it says. It says, let perseverance finish its work. It doesn't say that perseverance is naturally going to happen. It says you got to let it do it. Like you have to respond to it. You have to engage in this thing, right? A lot of people don't persevere. A lot of people fall off the rails when stuff gets hard. You know people like that. I know people like that. They fall off the rails. But you've got to let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And what I want to do is I want to go to the first couple words here. Because if, what does the very beginning of this thing say? Verse number two. Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. Not that it is pure joy. Not that you're like, ooh, I love this trial. This is so fun. I like it. Can I get more of this? No. I don't want more of this. But what am I going to do? I'm going to consider it pure joy. Which means I'm going to choose joy in the midst of this thing. And there's one truth I want, if you're taking any notes this morning, there's just a couple things for you to write down that's truth. Joy can be an action, not just a reaction. Because we live our lives very often like, well, if the right stuff happens, then I can have joy. Right? It's a reaction to good stuff. If I won the lottery, I'd be all happy too, right? Some of you single people out there, well, if I was married and I had kids, I'd be happy too, Right? Some of you married people, well, if I was single and didn't have a wife or kids, I could be happy too. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay, that's a reaction. There are moments like when my kids like do something and like, they're like, oh, I'm like, I'm filled with joy in this moment. It's just a reaction to the circumstance I'm experiencing. But it can also be an action. It can be a choice that we make despite what's going on, despite what we're going through. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just going to be transparent with you this morning. I don't actually really have... Because you never are. Because I'm never transparent. So if this you're new, I, you're like, oh, wow, she's, I really, what you see is what you get. But I, um, I want to say a couple things before I dive into this because I'm going to set up for you. I'm just going to share with you what I've been walking through. Uh, I, 
I have had probably some of my least finest moments this year. I have thrown fits. I have gotten upset. I have been mad at people. I have wanted to quit our job. I have wanted to quit being a mom, which you can't really do. I have wanted to do all of these things. And I got to this point where I'm like, I am so sick of my own attitude. And it takes me a long time to get there. But I was sick of my own attitude. And here's what I want to say before I jump into this is, this has been an extremely hard year for so many of you that I can't even understand what you've walked through. Some of you have lost businesses. Some of you have health problems other than COVID. Some of you have family problems, marriage problems, addiction problems. I think in times of unrest, those things that are maybe our addictions, we start to try to use that because everything else is out of control. So we grasp towards alcohol. We grasp towards eating disorders. We grasp towards drugs. We do all of these things because things feel so out of control, and at least I can control something. And I will never, ever, ever take lightly mental illness. I know that that is something that probably across the board everyone is struggling with in some sort of way. We have all faced trauma. Whether you think this was a wonderful year or not, there's still things that have disrupted your life. And I never want to take that lightly, and you will always hear me say that because we have people in our life that we have lost towards to mental illness. And so I take that seriously. And so if that is you and you are like, man, or I, you're online and you're not at church because you're afraid of COVID or whatever it is, you're not at church because you're lonely, you're depressed, I want to encourage you to seek out somebody to walk through this with you. And as I was kind of wallowing in my own, you know, feelings bad for myself, and I actually said to Greg, well, or Greg was like, you're out of control. Because sometimes I'm not so nice to him when things are stressful. Nobody else is like that, I am sure. But uh, Greg said to me, well, uh, everybody is in your circumstance right now, Amber. And I'm saying this like, sarcastic. He said that seriously, and I was like, what did you just say? I know everybody is in this circumstance, but this is where I'm at right now, so you need to feel bad for me. (laughs) And that was actually a moment where I was like, and it's all about me, isn't it? It's all about me and how I feel and how mad I am. And one of the things that I I was really like, okay, God, I need to get joy back in my life because I'm not a not happy person. I'm actually really fun, or so I think. And (laughs) I actually love life, and I enjoy people. And right now, people drive me crazy, and my kids drive me crazy. And one day, I literally called Greg and told him to turn around and come get our oldest son. Before I got real angry, he can do school at the church because I had had it. Moms, if you haven't had that moment yet, bless you. Good job. But as I was sitting there, I'm like, okay, I've got to do something to change my attitude. I got to do something. And I, I started reading about joy. And I started reading about being thankful and being joyful. And, you know, so many times anxiety uncertainty, the feelings of being disappointed, um, those are the things that surface during a really difficult season. Those are the things that come to light. And we can find joy in those circumstances. And I was sitting there to Greg, and I'm like, I am so sick of talking about what a crappy year this has been. I want to start talking about what's coming, like what there is. Because guess what, guys? 2021 might not be any better. 
It might not. It might be worse for some of us or all of us. I don't know. But I do know this. No matter what comes, I can stand rooted in joy. Because I get to make that decision of how I'm going to act. Some of you need to get your butts off social media. You need to turn it off because you're angry at people and you have no right to. I'm speaking to myself on there. I need to not go on there anymore because it makes me an angry person. I can talk about church and my kids and that's it because it makes me angry. It's like we're all just out there getting after one another. We're never all going to see eye to eye about anything, but tensions are high right now. And it seems like if you voice anything, you, have, you are jumping into shark-infested waters and you better watch out. But I am going to choose joy. And so whatever that means, whatever that means that I have to do to get out of my nasty funk, the ickiness that I'm in, I'm going to do it. So I am a very, like, determined person. When I set my mind to something, I am going to do it. And I literally one day was like, I'm done. I'm done not being a happy person. And I'm going to do something that brings me joy. And for me, I love to get outside and go for a run or a walk. And I just decided that's what I need to do to be a good homeschool mom. That's what I need to do to be a good person. I need to do something that brings me joy. And some of you are just kind of sitting there. I've seen you walk in without a smile on your face. And I don't know the burdens that you're carrying. But you could make one step out of that ickiness to find some joy. It might mean you need to go talk to somebody, a counselor or a therapist. That's okay. That's okay. That's healthy. That's good. It might mean you're online and you need to get back to church. It might mean that you need to go talk to someone. You need to call someone. You need to make a step in that direction to find joy. Greg and I cannot give you joy. You have to get that joy yourself. You have to make a step out of whatever your situation is to find that joy. Because no matter what happens in life, no matter what happens, we cannot forget what God is famous for. I think in so many times of unknown, we forget all that he can do and all that he has done. I have this song, and I wasn't going to, I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. Thank God. Yeah. For those of you who know, I do not (laughs) sing, and I don't pretend to sing. Thanks, Greg, for those words of encouragement. What if I did just, like, burst out in song? That would have been awkward Anyways, that would be all, that would be, that would be bad. But I've had this song. I'm just going to read this this, uh, little paragraph. It says, make way through the waters, walk me through the fire, do what you are famous for, what you are famous for. Shut the mouth of lions, bring dry bones to life, and do what you are famous for, for what you are famous for. I think in the middle of the hard, we forget what he is famous for. We forget the mountains and the valleys that he will walk us through. But we have to do something to begin to get there. I know that COVID is a real thing, and we can have debates over how it's real and how it's not, and I only got a cold, and... I only got this or I got that or whatever. It's a real thing right now. And man, I have had people in the hospital fighting for their lives with COVID. And in those moments, it's easy to just feel like, oh, this stinks. This is the worst. And then I need to remember like, no, God, you are famous for doing miracles. You are famous for healing the blind. You are famous for for bringing a unity instead of division. 
all of this stuff in this world does not take God by surprise. Yeah. Newsflash, like, I think we can get all in uproar about everything, and Greg's probably going to be like, shut her mic off pretty soon. But as I think about even the political year that we've walked through, I have hated it, to tell you the truth. But again, have we forgot what God is famous for? That he is the one in control. That he knew what was already was going to happen. And that doesn't mean we should stay silent and that we shouldn't do things. But what it does mean is that we should get on our knees. And we should start praying. I, I get so irritated when I'm like, this world, it's so horrible. Well, like... Are you coming to the worship nights? Are you praying? Are you asking God to come yeah. and heal our land? Yeah. Or yeah. are we just talking about it? Because yeah. if I continue to talk about it, Greg walked in the house this week and he was like, what do you think we should talk about? And he kind of had an idea, not that it was a bad idea. But I was like, yeah, that's not what I want to talk about. He's like, okay then, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I want to be done with all of this. <laughs> And I want to move forward and speak about the joy that we should have because, you guys, we live in an amazing country. And something I've had this picture of these last couple of weeks, and I don't even really know what it means, so might as well just share it in front of a bunch of people, right? Sure. Uh, I went to Russia my freshman year of college with my dad. My dad and I took a two-week trip to Russia on a missions trip. And it was one of the most powerful missions trips I have ever been on. And we worked in orphanages. And one um, time we went to this mall and one of these orphans followed us to the mall and we didn't know it. And as we were leaving the mall, we were going down these escalators and this, this orphan was coming up an escalator at this big mall. And he was yelling at my dad, Mr. Mr. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Take me to America. Take me to America. And he ran all over the mall yelling those words. Please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Take me to America. Take me to America. And I've been having that picture in my head these last couple of weeks. So many of us are running after our Heavenly Father saying, God, show me something. Do something. Change this. Change that. When really he's like, I'm right here. You got to make that step. You got to choose to get out of the situation that you're in and run after me with yeah. everything that you've got. Because in this world, you will face many trials. Yeah. Yeah. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Yeah. Remember what I am famous for. It's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah, so we're, we're in this season where we say, okay, God, it's great to have Thanksgiving. Like, I'm just going to sit around and just, I'm so thankful, whatever. Are we going to choose joy? Are we going to choose joy in the midst of whatever you endure? Because as she said, 2021 might not be any better. It might be any easier. It might be harder. Who knows? I mean, we, we really are praying that it is better. We're praying but. It's better, but you never know. We say, God, am I going to choose joy? Am I going to, despite the circumstance, despite the hard that I'm facing, yeah. am I going to choose that? What am I going to do? Yeah, I know for us this past year, although we said, hey, this is one of the hardest seasons of ministry at the same time, this has been one of the most joy-filled. Why? Because we have been able to watch and, and see, man, look at, look at how faithful our people are. Mm -hmm. Look at how good our people are. Look at how they have, they have, they've been generous. I think about last Sunday, the generosity of our church in the midst of a year when many of you have been struggling financially, when things have been tight, you chose a posture of generosity anyways. 
Like those are the blessings that we say, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see that. And Lord, as we continue to be faithful through the hard stuff, what do you do? It produces perseverance in our hearts. It produces growth inside of us. You know, we, we don't walk up here and say, okay, if I'm going to follow some perfect pattern. If I do this exact thing, I'm always going to have the same outcome. No, life is messy. It's muddy. It's hard. It's like something hard happens and you choose to be faithful through it. And through that, God does something in your heart to transform you, to change you, to make you more like his son. Yeah. Right? And so we, we pause and we have moments like this where we say thank you. And, and this is why uh, we have something that we call communion. If you got your... Communion elements, I want you to grab them here. Communion is a chance for you just to stop in the middle of everything else you got going on in life. Because it's really easy for us to fixate on other things. Those trials of many kinds, or even the good stuff. We can fixate on those, and we can forget where our hope is really at. And because of that, Jesus said, hey, here's what I want you to do. Because I know you guys are forgetful. And you never remember stuff, okay? Here's what I want you to do. When you guys get together, you should do this. You should remember where your hope is really at. You should remember where your joy is really at. You should remember where, where the life that you experience is really found. It's not in that other stuff. Even if everything was going perfectly, it's still not in that stuff. It's ultimately in me, right? And I think Jesus on the cross is the perfect picture of what we just shared. Because you talk about facing trials of many kinds, right? Jesus faced trials of many kinds. We were praying about it earlier and it was exactly what was already on my mind is that when you take communion, think about it, when you eat the bread, your teeth are literally crushing that piece of bread. And why do we do that? Because that's a picture of what happened to Christ. Christ was crushed for us. His blood was poured out for us. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That's what it says in Hebrews. For the joy. It wasn't that he was like, I like this. This is fun. No. I know that the persevering that I have in this moment will produce life for every one of us. It produces an eternal future and eternal hope for every single one of us. And Christ does not ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done on our behalf. He persevered. He bore the cross for us. He took the heart. He chose joy in the midst of the challenge. Why? Because he knew there's a better day coming. And for us, we have the same hope. So we gather here regularly and we take communion as we want to turn our eyes, as we had some time to say thank Thanksgiving, but we want to pivot a little bit as we prepare for Christmas in this season, okay? And so uh, when you think about Christmas season, you know, we're, December 1st is on Tuesday. <laughs> Holy cow, right? And like I said, you blink and all of a sudden we get past that. Uh, but we don't follow an, or a, a liturgical calendar around here. You know, that's not what we do throughout the year. But we do call out a few seasons of the year. But if you are from a more liturgical background, today is an important day because this is the first day of Advent, right? Some of you have heard this word Advent before and you probably don't necessarily know, okay, what exactly is Advent? Advent is a season of expectant waiting and preparation, the whole purpose was this preparation for someone uh, who is noble, 
right? So if, a, if there was a king that was coming, there would be the advent of a new king, an advent of a new leader. There was this season of excitement and, and whatever. And that's the whole purpose of this advent season is preparing. As once a year, we, we get into the season of preparing for the coming of Christ and remember him coming back to the earth. But my guess is this is a season for many of us that is expecting waiting, but it's, it's not always waiting for the king, <laughs> This is oftentimes we're waiting for the arrival of our busyness, right, of our calendar filling up. And this is a different year because we don't have as much stuff on our calendar probably. You can't go anywhere. I want to go out to eat really bad right now, but I, I can't do that. Okay, but for many of you, I think this is a season where you're waiting for the arrival and the, uh, the arrival of frustration. Right now, this is one of those years where, where things just aren't the way you want them to be. Thanksgiving was one way. You're like, Christmas is not going to be any better. This oftentimes is when uh, we're waiting for relational conflict that we know is inevitable. Some of you have families that like, you know, get sideways every time you get together. Some of you love your family. Some of you can't stand your families. You're like, I'm gonna have to talk to them. I'm gonna have to be with them. It always gets toxic. Some of you, this is the season where, where you have money problems. Every year you tend to make poor money decisions, financial decisions, and then you get to January like, shoot, shouldn't have done that, <laughs> shouldn't have bought that. Or for some of us, this is a season where, where sadness oftentimes can come, as I share. Some of you online, that, that's, that's what you're feeling right now, this sadness. For some of you, this is a season of depression. You've lost a loved one this past year. You've gone through a hard season in some way. For some of us, it's a, it's a season of loneliness, right? We feel isolated, we feel on our own. And if we're really lucky, then we get to have a little Christmas fun, right? <laughs> it's all this hard stuff, and then, like, we hope we can make some, the best of this. Let's enjoy some lights. Let's go have some fun. Let's do the festivities. Let's do all of this kind of stuff. But the question is, how, how do we get through this season in a healthy way with our hearts pointed the right direction? And so I want to challenge us to choose the right things this season. As we said, we're going to choose joy. There's one other thing I want you to choose. If you've got your uh, Bibles, you can turn there with me. I'm going to look at Luke uh, chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I just want to read a couple verses to you really fast. Luke chapter 10, beginning of verse 38. Here's what Jesus said. Well, he didn't start talking. He talks in a minute. First, it's somebody else. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. You've heard of this story before. Jesus had a sister, or uh, she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that she had, or that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. All right, so what's going on? Jesus has showed up uh, to this lady's house, okay? And in that time period, the women are the ones who should be taking care of the preparations. That's their role in this time period. Get stuff ready. You got to be doing the work. Get stuff together. And so Jesus shows up. He's important. They're saying, we got to do some stuff. And Martha is about doing all the stuff, getting everything ready, doing all the things, right? And Mary, her sister, is sitting at the feet of Jesus, just doing nothing, like a lazy bum, okay? And Martha's getting ticked off, right? She's annoyed. She's frustrated. Jesus, tell my sister to get off her butt and do something. I'm doing all the stuff. She's not doing anything. And I love Jesus' response. He says, Martha, Martha. You just hear, Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things. And I think if Jesus was here to talk to some of us, we'd, he'd say the same thing to us. 
You are worried and upset about many things. You got to chill out, okay? Calm yourself down a little bit. It says, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. When we look at this passage, I think this passage is a picture of our modern day lives. And very much so, it can be a picture of what this holiday season can be. That many of us operate as, as Martha. We've got all the stuff we've got to get together. We've got to make sure, we've got to make this season the best season ever, right? I've got to do all the things and I'm doing all my stuff, whatever. And we don't operate like Mary. The whole thing is supposed to be about him. We all know that she, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Don't take the Christ out of Christmas. But that's exactly what we often do because we get so focused on this season and we miss Jesus. Instead of giving him the attention that he deserves, instead of saying, God, I want to know you more, when we get to Jan- or December 25th, God, I want to be in a closer relationship with you then than I am today. That should be our hearts cry. That should be our goal. If it's followers of Christ, that should be the hope. But how often is that really the case? Usually you get to that season like, man, I've gotten off course here. I've gotten so focused on all the other stuff that's nice and I like it and it seems like that's what everybody else would do. Listen, it wasn't that Mary was doing bad things. She was actually doing the thing that everybody else said she should have been doing. You should be getting everything ready for him. You should be working hard like that. That's what everybody else has said. And the same thing is said to us. You should be worrying about Christmas. You should be trying to get as much out of this season as possible. Make it the greatest season ever. That's what you should do. And in so doing, oftentimes we miss what this whole season is about. We abdicate our relationship with Christ to do stuff. And so this morning, I want to leave us with our big so what. I already gave you the first half, but I'm going to give you the second half. This season, we say this, choose joy, choose Jesus. Choose joy, choose Jesus. Just like joy, it doesn't happen on its own. You have the choice. This Christmas, what are you going to do? Are you going to lean in? Right? Are you going to say, God, I want to know you more. I want to pursue you more. I want to get into your word. Or are you just going to carry on with motions as normal? We get to January 1st like, oh, I should set some New Year's resolutions to be close to Christ. That's what I should do. And yet I, I haven't really pursued him. And this is the challenge that I have for every single one of us. We choose Christ because he first chose us. He was the one who knew our desperate need, our brokenness our lostness. That's why he came, to pursue us. And our response is still on us. What are we going to do with Jesus? Are we gonna recognize our desperate need of him? As Mary saw, she, de- she knew that more than everything else, she needed to be at his feet, to listen to his voice. And very often, we have the son of God right by us, and we're not listening to his voice. We're doing our own thing. And so my challenge is that we don't allow that to occur in our lives. That we recognize, and if you're in a place, and I, I know this, there are times in my life where I live like I don't need Jesus. Maybe you're like that. I know I need him. I know I need him, but I don't necessarily live that way. We get to a place where we say, God, I lay myself down and say, God, I recognize my desperate need for you. Lord, would you break my heart again? It's a prayer I pray regularly. God, would you break my heart again? Help me to understand how much I need you. May I hear your voice. May I hear you like I've never heard you before. God, I need you. God, I need you. And so I don't know what that looks like for you. To respond to Christ, I don't know what that looks like. 
but I know that all of us have to take a step. And so my prayer and what I've been praying over you this week is I've been praying that God would challenge and speak to you. What is it you need to do? As Amber said, when it comes to joy, we have to do something. In the same way, if we're gonna pursue Christ, we need to do something to pursue him. What does it look? Maybe there's some things you need to add this month. There's some things you need to take away from your life this month. You need to make space. Maybe it is you need to just get off the social media and say, God, I'm gonna listen to your voice rather than everybody else's voice this month. Whatever it is, would we put ourselves in that position? I wanna pray a prayer over you guys um, uh, and just and, and pray that God would continue to speak to your hearts. God, I thank you so much that, that you are intimate with us, you are near to us, and you desire to speak to us. And God, it isn't like we're trying to run after you who's got your cold shoulder to us. God, your arms are wide open. You're saying, I wish you would run at me. I wish you would come to me. So God, I know that you're gonna speak to our hearts right now. The things that have gotten in the way, the things that have got us sideways, the things that have taken us off course, God, I pray that you would speak those to our hearts. In me, God, would you reveal that in me so that I can align my life in a way that pursues you. God, that I am pointed the right direction this season that I don't get distracted and off course this season, but instead I come after you, Jesus. Father, I need you. I need you deeply, Lord. God, I pray over this body. May every single one of us pursue you that way, Lord. Thank you for it, God. I pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. There's a challenge I want to give you guys, and it's just a very quick thing. We're making a way for you guys uh, to follow along on this. We've got an advent calendar that we've put together that starts on Tuesday. And it's just something every day for the entire month of December to help you through this process of, of growing in a relationship and, and keeping him at the front of your attention throughout the month. One of those things is coming on Wednesday night for our first Wednesday as we spend time to pursue relationship with him. Uh, but I would encourage you, you can go to our website, uh, wherever you're at later this afternoon, it will be posted. It's gonna be a button right at the top of our homepage. Uh, you can click on that, it'll just say Advent. But I would encourage you to build this into your life over the coming month, all right?